Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Spurs. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Now, let's join our hosts. Hello everybody and welcome to a new edition of the Spurs News Podcast. It is the Halloween edition, even though it's technically the day after Halloween, but we'll ignore that. Uh, This week it is myself, Sam. I'm joined as always by Matt, but also we have a special guest with us this week and that is Noel. How you doing, mate? Yeah, very good. Thank you, buddy. All good. How's things? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Um, Cold, to be honest with you. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's horrible. Horrible yeah. and wet and miserable, but um, yeah, happy like with the brass result from last night. monkey soprano out there. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, mate, now typically when we get someone on the podcast with us, uh, the first thing we do is we give them the opportunity to say hello to everybody. And uh, one of the questions we always ask is, why Tottenham? So how, how have you ended up as a Spurs fan? And obviously people are going to know you as well. So, so do a little bit of an introduction for yourself. Okay, well, um, yeah, people may or may not know me. Um, I am um, the host of a, uh, um, a podcast and YouTube show called The Thing I Love Most Show, which has been going since the beginning of the season. Um, yep. And um, yeah, it's been going quite well. It's just a group of us basically got together that we had a Facebook group for a while, um, for about a few years now, and um, it's always been quite a small group, but always quite a sort of um, analytical group, and um, we've always quite opinionated, so we just wanted to sort of um, move those opinions to a, to the wider audience, basically, and it's it's been going quite well, it's been slowly growing, um, which has been good, um, yeah. and then um, myself, I'm, I'm from North London originally, I was um, born and bred in Crouch End and Hornsey, and so... I was literally in between the um, Tottenham and Arsenal sort of stadiums, equidistant, yep. and I obviously went for glory. Um, and um, I am, um, yeah, so basically my first game was in 92, just after we won the cup. I I became a Tottenham fan about 87, which is when I was eight, because my yeah. uncle bought me a, a, a an episode of the 87 Cup Final um, Daily Mirror supplement thing, and Oh yeah. Um, I did that. Just that was it. I was like, oh, this looks great. I wasn't even really into football at the time, no. and, and and then obviously we won the cup in '91, first game in '92, and then I was a season ticket holder for about ten years around that time of the whole sort of Sheringham Klinsman um, era. Um, yeah. And then more recently, um, like Matt got us got a season ticket last year because it. Um, I, well, supposedly it meant that we had a ticket for the new stadium, but that hasn't really come <laughs> to fruition yet. But uh, yeah, they sold us right down the river then. But um, <laughs> yeah, basically, um, I, 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 I normally work. I, I work in events and promotions, and I, and so I, I don't always have time on the weekend. So I, it wasn't normally worth me getting one before, but because it yeah. did guarantee it. Um, I thought it was worth it, and um, and so far it hasn't been. <laughs> no. No, no, uh, no. Quite interestingly, and I don't know whether I should say this or not, but I'm going to say it and just hope no one ever picks up on it. I did an interview yesterday with a member of the Spurs ladies team, okay, uh, which we're going to put out in the podcast soon. But before we sort of started, I had to uh, run it past someone at Spurs, uh, like PR, um, as in, yeah, you're doing an interview. Uh, These are the sort of things we don't want you to get involved in. And it was the stadium. 
you shalt not ask any question yeah, at all. Couldn't sense. even ask, what do you think of it? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's, but, I, I can I can see why that would be an issue because I, I think the problem is that they, they just they just don't know and there's so much speculation around it and it's obviously become quite a, a contentious issue with fans. Fans, are, fans yeah. are annoyed at the club for it. And I think it's um yeah it's definitely something that they would 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 try and avoid. So I can I can understand yeah. that really. I mean we've touched on it on on the you know the podcast and I'm sure you, and you guys have as well. It's just it's a frustrating situation because I don't think we would have um had any issues if they'd turned around and said two years. You know I just think we would have said all yeah. right fair enough. But the fact they didn't and the fact they were trying to be a little bit cocky or overconfident or you know overly ambitious whatever whatever the reason is it's just meant yeah. that there is this. It's a bit of animosity towards the club, which is it isn't really nice, to be fair. No, I agree. No, it's not nice because, like you just said, quite rightly, I think everyone can understand a project of this size. And my thinking is always it's better to uh, exceed expectations than, you know, completely gnaws it right up. So Absolutely. if they'd said two years and then the stadium was open early, no one was going to be moaning about that. If they, you know, you announce it's going to be ready after the summer because, you know, we're definitely going to be all ready. Maybe we'll play our first few games away, but don't you worry, we'll be there. The thing that I'm seeing a lot, and that you guys could possibly comment on this more than me because of the sort of season ticket situation. Mm. I've seen it a lot recently where fans are now getting very annoyed because suddenly they're feeling like their money was taken off them on false pretenses for the season ticket, but also along the lines of this has been an interest-free loan to the club of some circa 50 million quid. <laughs> it's not far off. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, and it's, uh, I, I don't know how you guys feel about it. I mean, me sort of taking a seat back from it, I've looked at that and gone, wow, that's, yeah, I can un- I, I'm now seeing that from a point of view that I hadn't looked at before, which is that's really not good. I mean, for me, for me personally, I, I understand people's people getting upset about it. I can, I, I get it. You know, it's you know, they they've been messed around and stuff. But for me personally, I just think it's just one of those things, isn't it? Like you know, things haven't things haven't gone to plan. They, they wanted the stadium open earlier. It hasn't happened. Yeah. And I, and I'm happy just to live with it. It's not. It's obviously it's not ideal. And you know, I've mentioned to you, no, I'm 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 fed up of the ground. But yeah. I I just I'm sure that when we're in. And we've been there for a while. This will just be something we can look back and laugh at. You know, it's just one of those irritating things. But it's such a, a, a fantastic stadium that when it is finally ready and we all go in, all this kind of feeling that with negative feeling we have got at the moment, I'm sure will just go. That's, that's my thoughts. Anyway. Yeah, I, I I agree. It will go. But I think the most frustrating thing is it's here now, and it didn't have to be. And I yeah. think I think I just think they were just too too ambitious. And I think there's, 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 you know, there's, you know, you can, you can say that being ambitious is good, um, but when you're talking about people's money and when you're talking about, you know, people's just basically organising their lives around it, um, then I think much more consideration should have been given to the fans. And I also think they, they have, they have had an inkling or at least good knowledge of the fact it was going to be delayed for quite a while. The fact they took out the Wembley extension last Christmas. They knew that it was going to be tight, and they knew that there was, if there was any any slight delay, and which is probably more than likely in such a project with of such size, that it was going to be later than September. But they still sold those season tickets on the premise 
that you would there would be a season ticket, and at the moment it's looking like a half season ticket at best, and and obviously people are, and then and then also they're not just refunding the, the they're, they're no giving the the tickets you know you're getting them sort of like intermittently when the when the when the game should be available, and so it's just it's it, it it's it's a frustrating situation I think for fans because you know we all got so excited about it and obviously Matt as as we said before you know. The reason we got those season tickets last year was almost just because it was going to enable us to be within this this amazing new stadium, which it exactly will be that. Um, but it's just this whole sort of period of of just not knowing really what's going on and sort of like Wembley is just slowly getting even worse than we thought. I mean, the the, the, the atmosphere on Monday, I think it had to be to taken into consideration. Obviously, the, the weekend that we had with regards to Glenn Hoddle and regards to the Leicester... City tragedy, so there was definitely yeah. more of a sombre feel. But still, you would have thought that fifty, fifty or so thousand people would have created a, a better atmosphere than that. Um, and it's just because I, be, I just don't think people want to be there, and people just want to, you know, the pit now. Now it's closer because you can see how good it is going to be. Obviously, with all of the the seats are in there now, and the, you know everything is ready. People are like, let's just do it. Let's just, you know, let's like let, let's just go. And obviously, it's not that easy because of the whole sort of safety elements to it. And I've been speaking to people that work at the ground, and I think because of the Grenfell tragedy, they're they're sort of they're going over, 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 over the top in terms of safety more than probably any other um, sort of public um, building has had in um, London because of what happened at Grenfell. They have yeah. to make sure that everything is right and nothing. Nothing could go wrong in terms of safety, which is obviously paramount, and I'm I'm all for that. But you know, to 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 think that that could be suddenly just you know washed away in 15 months, I think is a, is a little bit naive. Yeah, no, well, no, I think you're probably right. You, you just touched on then about the atmosphere on Monday night. Uh, were you there for the game? Yes, I was. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, the first part is we want to sort of have a chat about the Man City game. Obviously, we won't dwell on it too long because mm-hmm. we got better things to talk about. <laughs> yeah. But when it came to the game, I watched it on TV, and one of my overriding things was one: this this game last year would have sold Wembley out, in my honest opinion. I think last season we all knew, okay, we're at Wembley. You know, that's that's fine. We've all accepted it for the year. Um, I, I feel that the fans would have been there for that. Um, figures released yesterday show that over half of season ticket holders didn't retake up their allocation to go to the game. Mm. So so the vast majority of the fans that were there were the kind of one-off yeah, ticket buyers. Yeah, it, it did feel like that. But I also think that was down to the fact it was a fix to change to begin with. I think True. there was yeah. there was people that would have not necessarily wanted to go on the Monday night or, or had planned yeah. to go on the Monday night. And obviously it, it, it got changed quite late in the day. So I think that probably had something to do with it. But also, like I said, I think, you know, people just are, there is there is people who are just saying, I'm not going to go to Wembley again this season. People have, I know loads of people that have said that. Yeah, I mean, uh, Matt, what about yourself? I mean, I, I don't think you went Monday, did you? No, I, I didn't go. I did go to the um, the Cardiff game, but I didn't go yeah. to. The, and it, and it, it's, for me, it was a, a big element of it. Was it was you know you knew it was going to be cold. It's late on a Monday night, and yeah. it's it's hassle getting there. I mean, like so I've been going there for over a season now, so I know what it's like getting there and coming out the ground. If you don't leave the ground oh, mate, five ten minutes before, yeah. you, you you've got an hour and a half before you even get to the station. Well, you know, you, and, you, and I, you, 
Yeah, so I was just going to say, you know from that, that Champions League game, from me, it's yeah. like a two-hour journey back out to Bristol from uh, London Paddington. And just to get from the stadium back to Paddington took me the same amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, in, it's insane. You know, two two hour, two and a half hours to get to Paddington, so I missed my train. I then had to hang around there for an hour and then two and a half hours back. I mean, on that particular night, I also ended up on a rail replacement bus service, which is just <laughs> Doesn't help every, everyone's idea of absolute hell. But, yeah, I mean, I, and I'm, I'm not alone in making that journey either. The amount of people going back to the West Country, you know, Spurs fans, I mean, I, there are supporters groups down here, you know, Devon, Cornwall, etc., are going further than me. Yeah. So I mean, to ask them to keep doing it is nuts. Sorry, mate. Yeah, I interrupted you anyway. You no, I was, I was going to say as well. It, it was quite obvious that a lot of fans weren't uh, season ticket holders as well. The big, big giveaway was you could tell. No, I don't know if you you can sort of agree with it, but when what, I was watching it on television, and every time a, ch- a chant was started, it was kind of it didn't pick up the whole stadium or from what we could tell in here watching television, it didn't seem to pick up the whole stadium and all. And when you've got fans that go every every week, it all kind of it goes up because people are going every week. And when you get people that are just, I mean, I hate to use that term tourist fans, but when you get people that are, are going very occasionally or, you know, as a one-off, they're not going to get involved in that, are they? And it, and it just felt like that kind of really affected the atmosphere. Yeah. I would Sorry, agree. No. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think it was, it was, it was flat and, um, it was strange, you know. It was, it was, it was a strange, it was a strange one. There wasn't really any any singing for Den Hodder as well, which I thought there would be. Um, but the Perry Perryman coming on at half time was was hilarious when he swore. That was that was probably the highlight of the whole night for me. <laughs> okay, well I missed that. What happened there? So basically, they they brought Perryman on for um, uh, just a half time chat as they do with Paul Coy on the pitch, and yeah. they um, they basically um. They just spoke about Hoddle, and he was like, you know, oh, when I first got to the club, Hoddle was one of two players. Was when 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 he had the ball, or when he didn't have the ball, he, they, he'd always have like about three players around him, and so I would never pass to him. And then he came up to me, and he was like, Steve, just pass me the effing ball, and he, he swore <laughs> on live yeah. Wembley, oh, <laughs> Wembley system, All the parents and everyone looked around. It was like, oh my god, did he just say the f word? <laughs> It was so oh, what, what a legend! Hello, proper legend. <laughs> that livened it up a bit. Yeah, exactly. Everyone was really shocked. That's <laughs> brilliant. Um, so, I mean, obviously, the Man City game ended in defeat, one nil. I I came away from the game uh, after watching it on TV pretty disheartened. Now, I know Matt, you you were the opposite. You were pretty happy. Yeah, I mean, for for me, I mean, it, we 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 can see that early goal, and it felt like this is going to like you know, you look at the NFL pitch, it felt like it was going to be an NFL score. You know, it was they they just obviously it was the mistake with Trippier, but it just looked so easy for them, and I genuinely thought if we come away four or five nil at the end of it, we might have escaped here. But I think second half, especially, especially when we brought Allion and Ericsson on, we 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 were. We, we kind of come back into the game and th- there'll be fans that will say, you know, this is a level that, that you think we should be now where we're happy to come away with a 1-0 defeat against Man City. I, I'm not. I, I obviously, I'd rather we beat them. But you, you showed me a stat the other day, uh, Sam, didn't you? That the, the net spend between us and Man City, they're just, they're, they're worlds apart from us, aren't they? In, in terms yeah. of their financial clout and who they can buy so I, I, I understand, but, you know, I, I want us to see us challenging for the title, challenging for, for trophies. I do, I genuinely do. But at the same time, to come away from that game and, 
you know, I don't yeah. think we, we, we were embarrassed by them at all. I came away fairly kind of feeling positive. I felt like we saw glimpses again of how we can play. And I, I don't know. Yeah. I, it, no, it, I, I know. I know after. I mean, I was just inconsolable. I remember I was like pretty much sobbing in the corner and you were you were trying to do your best to help me. I was me trying, mate. Yeah, I know. I was, and it's, it's funny because there are some games just like you, even when we lose, I look at it and go, well, actually, we did okay. I'm not, I'm not too... I'm not too bad about that. You know, the Barcelona game, I genuinely, at the end of that, didn't feel like they completely outclassed us, and yet I rate Barcelona as one of the best teams. So I kind of felt at the end of that, yeah, we lost, but I felt like we held our own a bit. No, you were obviously there Monday. How did you come away from the game? How did you feel? I was similar to Matt, actually. Um, but my 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 main sort of bugbear at the moment is that it's just the mistakes that, that are yeah, creeping into the game because, like you said, we're not we're not playing that badly, um, and it's just you know in the Barcelona game, in the PSV game, in the um, in the game the other day on Monday against Man City, yeah. we, we're giving goals away that we don't normally give away. We're normally so solid, and maybe it's Jan Vertonghen being out, and I, maybe it's just Loris still being nervous um obviously it was more of a Trippier error on on Monday but you know in yeah. those big games it's so key to one not give any mistakes away and also start solidly and again we're not doing that at all in all of the games we are giving away goals in the first 20 minutes half an hour and it just sets us back and then it obviously just upsets any game plan that we have and then you know it's tactics just go a bit skew with and then and then you're chasing the game and I thought yeah. we did come back very well. I thought we did perform well. I thought Sissoko was uh, was one of our best players, which is is, yeah. is is a testament to his character to come through a bad patch and and get so much negative criticism. By, by a bad patch, you mean two and a half seasons? Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, players rely on confidence, and you know, to receive confidence uh, no, yeah. from the manager and and from um, the fans now who are singing. Um, his name and again last night at the at the um at the cup game yeah. we were singing his name and and you know he had a he had a, a decent little stint when he came on but um yeah I thought we played well you know it's you know you're always going to concede chances against um those kind of um players they've got goals running throughout their team and you know yeah. they can easily slice teams open as they have been doing for most of the season um but I thought we coped quite well and we we should have scored um we should have equalized um Kane, yeah. if Kane had a better touch and if Lamella obviously I haven't even seen the replay I don't know if it actually well, did bubble Lamella, but Lamella it did take a bubble on the pitch uh, I just in in the form he's in at the moment you'd have backed him there but you know it happens the best strikers in the world I mean look at Aguero went through in the game I mean I'd have put my house on him score yeah. and he hit it straight to Lloris it, yeah. you know it, it happens I I, I'm never too over the top on missed chances for people because, you know, like I said, that happens to absolutely everybody. Uh, Matt, you just alluded then to the to the stat I gave you the other day. So I'll, I'll just read it now because it might be interesting to people. So this is a statistic since Pochettino came into Tottenham in 2014. Um, basically, it's a, a tally chart of how we've done compared to the clubs around us. Now, Overall points in that time, so since he came in in twenty third, uh, sorry, twenty fourteen, we are actually third. We've accumulated three hundred and eighteen points. The two teams above us are Chelsea on three two four, so not a massive margin, and then you've got Man City on three four six. In that time, Tottenham have had a total net spend on players of twenty nine million pounds. 
In that same time, Chelsea's net spend is two hundred million, and Manchester City's is five hundred and eighteen million. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. In that time, we've made four signings that have been twenty million or above. In that same period, both Chelsea and Manchester City have signed sixteen players oh, of twenty wow. million or above. Jeez. So there you go. That that's kind of. I mean, it highlights the job Pock's done with the squad. Um, but yeah, that, that was the stat that you were alluding to that I gave you the other day. Um, so yeah, I, I do get what you're saying about not being too negative. I mean, my, my overall feeling when I came away from the game and what I had to kind of shake off, which luckily enough, the games are coming thick and fast, um, <laughs> I was able to do it. But my overall feeling was, you know, just a couple of seasons ago, we were beating them. So it wasn't just a case of we were, you know, competitive. We were on a level, you know, with Man City and the teams around us. And it, and it just feels like, whereas we've stayed where we are, it felt like they've moved on. And, and Matt, I mean, you're quite right. What you said to me on Monday night and what we, you know, those stats prove is, unfortunately, at the moment, we're not in a position to spend the money that they are, that Chelsea are. So, yeah, we are, unfortunately not going to be able to keep up with them in that regard. So I felt a little bit better. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, any, any other points on the Man City game you, you want to cover? I mean, for me, like, you know, I know I spoke to you about this the other day that, that with the NFL pitch, and, and we obviously we've touched on, you know, affecting Lamella's um, shot as well that he had. But that, that for me just kind of, it, it, it was like a, almost like a kind of, a, I'm trying to think of the right word, like a, um, a symbol, just how we need to go home now. Because, you know, obviously when we go back to what, when we go back to our new start, when we say go back, when we go to the new stadium, we will be playing NFL games there. But there's going to be a second pitch for it, isn't there? So yeah. obviously, if we'd have been at, if we'd have been at home, then that wouldn't have been an issue. And, you know, I, I feel, I feel like, you know, Wembley. I've got some great memories of going to Wembley last season especially some of the great results we had and like you know obviously beating the scum and you know the Man United game when Ericsson scored in the first minute some great memories there but I, I feel like it's just we're just over, overstaying our welcome now at, at Wembley and yeah. it, we just we just need to go home and you know hopefully they've, they've announced now haven't they that it's going to be in the new year whether it's going to whether it's going to be early new year or there's a lot of people saying I think you said no didn't you that it's going to be you think it's going to be March time now? So yeah, we were we yeah. were we've we spoken to. I mean, that there's it's it's still so many different rumours, and some people have said some people thought it was going to be the Burnley game in December, then it was going to be the Man United game, and some people have said March, and some people have said not this not this season at all. So yeah, I don't think look, anyone knows. I think that's the, the problem. Listen to some of the builders, the people who share the pictures online a lot. They all think it's absolute madness to say anything but next season. Yeah. Um, I, I know somebody who works for the architect firm who were then who are now overseeing the the kind of the safety side of it and, and for the sign off, and he always tells me that they are constantly working to an immediate deadline. Now, what he means by that is the club are basically constantly putting pressure on them to say, okay, you've missed this deadline, therefore it's now this <laughs> yeah so he, he's saying that they are working towards at the moment the Manchester United game as the absolute that's when the stadium needs to be there and they are due to try and schedule test events for December now 
that would go in line with a few rumours that have gone around around a Spurs ladies game and a Spurs under-23 game that are currently left with no venue for the mm. home matches. Mm. Uh, they're both in December time, so um, keep an eye on them. Uh, it'd be interesting because I think if those fixtures suddenly get allocated to, you know, Stevenage or the training ground or, you know, in, in form of the ladies for the Cheshire games, then I think we can safely say it's been delayed again. Yeah. But that's what I'm keeping an eye on at the moment. Yeah. Um, and then and just see what happens. But um, moving on from the Man City game, obviously, you know, this time of year feels like there's a game every other day, and there <laughs> is. Uh, we faced West Ham United in the League Cup yesterday. Uh, i got to be honest with you, that was a much stronger team than I thought we were going to put out initially. Um, Agreed. Agreed. It does make sense, though, players coming back from injury, giving them minutes, which, uh, you know, they didn't necessarily get a much time against Man City. So... I think almost like circumstances due to the injuries, we ended up being stronger in this game than probably would have been mm, normally. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and by all accounts, now I didn't actually get to watch the game, so I'm going to hand it to you guys to, to really discuss it. But by all accounts, from everything I've read, uh, although West Ham did get a goal and did have some possession at times, we, we generally looked like we were always going to win the game. Is that fair? Well, you was at the game now, weren't you? So yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll do my live live match report. Um, I am, um, yeah. I mean, we were we were we were in control for most of the game. I think, um, like you said, the fact we did have a strong team. I mean, our squad is 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 ten times better than their squad. Our first team is better. Our second team is better. You know, and yeah. we 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 just got that that quality to, to in every department really. To be honest, um. Foyth, for me, was man of the match. I thought he was incredible, yeah. like really, really, really stepped up. And I think he's he's almost sort of not put our minds at ease in terms of the whole Toby contract situation. But I think it's, you know, to see someone perform that well um, at such a young age um, in, in a big game away from home against the big rivals um, was, was, was really, really amazing to see. So that was yeah. a massive bonus for me. Um, Walker Peters played okay, made a couple of mistakes, but he got better in the second yeah. half. And then um, it was it was it was good to see Ali Eriksson and and, and Son back. Um, and um, Son in the goals, obviously, and Ali with the assists, which is what which is yeah. what they they're good at. And um, we've missed desperately in in the past Agreed. couple of months. We've missed that sort of potency in attack, and um, it was it was good to see. Um, the ground is a mess. It's horrible. It took us yeah. so long to get out of there. They sent us on an absolute wild goose chase all around the houses. And, um, oh, God, I just couldn't believe it's like a, a, meant to be like a modern stadium. Like, the toilets no, and awful. the bars and everything. It's just like, that's crazy. I mean, it's, oh, not, not going to go back there in a hurry. No, I don't have a lot of affection for West Ham, mostly just the way their their fans behaved over the last few years. But previous to that, they were a club that I never really minded. They were, you know, just a club that I used to think to myself, they'd go down, come back up. They'd always have a few players that I thought were quite good. Um, but they, just the last few years, the way their fans have tried to create this rivalry with us, and I'm kind of like, really? I mean, I, I put you in the same bracket as Charlton, sod off. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, they, they do. They, they really hate us, which, you know, Matt, you've talked about before, which yeah. I, I just don't get. It's like, you know, we got us, Arsenal and Chelsea really. And, you know, and it's kind of, and uh, I don't want to speak down to us, but it's kind of how Arsenal fans used to refer to us a lot, you know, and Chelsea fans used to refer to us, which is, you're not up here fighting for titles, you know, sod off. 
you know, but <laughs> but we are up there with them now. There is a real intense rivalry, us, Chelsea, us and Arsenal. But the West Ham thing is kind of like, seriously, guys, just shut yeah, up. Yeah, they, they, they absolutely hate us more than yeah, life itself, more than anything, I think. And, they, and they, they really crazy. don't like Sonny. And he, he just a smile on his face when yeah. he scores past them. is just beautiful to see. He likes scoring a goal against him. That cracker he scored oh, last season in the league. At yeah, and, it, and then told him to shut up. I mean, that was just beautiful. You know, <laughs> they had the two... That, uh, uh, they had the two pitch invaders as well, was which was absolutely hilarious. First one came on wearing a scream mask and like this red check jacket, and then the second one came on and did a bit of a circle on the pitch, and then yeah. all of us started singing, "Is that Mark Noble? Is that?" Mark? <laughs> which went down amazingly well, and then they all started singing, "You'll never play for England." It was brilliant. <laughs> it was absolutely brilliant. Highlight of the night for me. I've got it on video. I'm going to release it later. I, I, I was reading through the match report and the, the West Ham fans are blaming that second pitch invader for our third goal. Yeah. They're saying that their players switched off because of it and yeah. Lorenzo smashed the volley and whilst they weren't really paying attention. 100%. Yeah, I think they did. I mean, that. What an idiot. <laughs> what a, it just shows you the mentality. Like It, just, oh, God, it was special. crazy. But um, but no, all in all, really good performance. Um, from from basically, you know, like ten changes from the the City yeah. game, and obviously, Sanchez playing two games in forty eight hours. I was about was, to say, how did massive. he look? Because uh, uh, the again, the match report for me shows he did bloody well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he is such a a great defender. So many of our fans seem to have a go at a lot. I don't. I think I he's just, a, he just, he looks, he doesn't look massively confident on the ball. I think he's a little bit shaky on the ball and sometimes his passing yeah. can be off, but I think he's he's got all the qualities, but I think he he's, he's much better if he's in a three. I think he struggles yeah. a little bit in a two, um, but yeah, you with Floyd yesterday, he was, he was really, really good. I was going to say, I, I don't think I've ever seen a centre-back look more casual on the ball than Foyth. I mean, that kid just looks like he was born with a football at his feet every time I, I see him. Yeah, he was the same yesterday. He's just yeah, I, he, he really is quality, and, and I'm hoping that we, we can kind of bring him through. Um, on, on the... On the him coming through, and you mentioned the Toby thing, there, there were rumours spread in the last few days that finally some ice has fallen and some talks are actually happening between Toby's people and the club. Um, it is just a rumour, but it'd be nice to think that perhaps something could be done to prevent yeah, it. Yeah, I could see cheap. it happening. I can see it happening. I think, I think he almost put himself in the shop window and nothing happened, basically. I think yeah. that's what happened. He... He, from what I heard, um, he he wanted like something like 160k a week, and I think we offered him something less, and then I think yeah. um, he well, rejected well, I mean, that, I, I, and I then can, I think I by the break. time by the time he accepted, uh, he actually did. Well, there was one time that he did say he'd take a bit less, a bit less money. Yeah. I think then we said no. Well. It, it, the, the actual breakdown I was given by uh, uh, one of the journalists who, who tends to have a pretty good link into the club is that a deal was done for about 130000 a week. Yeah. Um, and basically, yeah, all parties were done. Toby was off doing pictures. You know, it was, it was done and dusted. And his father, who's his business manager, came in and pulled him out. Now, the reason why they all walked away on the day is because on that very day, Liverpool signed Virgil van Dijk. Okay. And it was everywhere that Virgil van Dijk was getting 165 or 170,000 a week. Right. 
So they came back and said, Toby is a better defender. We want <laughs> we want the same money. And Daniel Levy, well, we all know Daniel's reaction to that. You know, love him or hate him, he's just going to look at him and go, go yourself. You know, yeah. we, we, just, we just shook on a deal. Um, but apparently that's where the standoff was. And Toby's father got banned from the club. You know, Daniel wouldn't even let him anywhere. And that's why, to me, he was gone. It was like, well... There's no coming back from that, is there? You know, mm. it's not just the band is business manager, it's his dad. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, there's no going to be way back. But, of course, in the summer, Man United weren't willing to spend the fee that we asked for and give him the wages. So Man United were saying, look, we'll pay you 30, 40 million, and then they'll offer Toby the 170 a week. But because we were demanding 60, the only deal they'd offer Toby was you know, like a hundred, hundred and ten, so less than what we originally offered. Yeah. And it just became an absolute standoff. They were trying to put pressure on Daniel Levy to take less and well Daniel just smiled at him. Um so yeah, and that's kind of where we ended up. I think if we'd had a player lined up, I think perhaps Daniel might have taken a view on it. But because our first choice centre back replacement was staying at Ajax and there was no deal to be done for him there, I think he just kind of went, well, if he stays, he stays. You know, I'm not going to be putting mm. under any pressure to sell him. Yeah. And now he has come back into the team and has been playing very well. It, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, the, the rumours like that tend to circulate around this time of year, of course, anyway, because January is coming up. But I, I'd like to think there's some truth in that. Yeah, me too. Um, I, think, I think he's yeah, a... Sorry. Sorry, mate. I was going to say with Toby, he's just one of been one of my favourite players over the years. He, he always, he always, he's, he's for him. He's just the way he reads the game. You know, he, the tackles he gets, he, he he pulls off, and it really reminds me of like Ledley King had that, didn't he? The way he read the yeah. game, and yeah, I actually love him. Well, in one of the reviews last night, um, someone has described Yuan Foyth's challenges as King esque. Yeah, I'd agree. Well, well, there a couple of couple of really. There was one um, on Antonio in the second half. Um, so not Antonio on um, on out of it on the second half, and I think Antonio in the first half. But yeah, he he he's not afraid to get stuck in at all. Like no. he was he was really put his body on the line, um, and then he still has that composure and confidence to come out of defence with the ball, which is what we need um, in a player and the way we play. And yeah, um, yeah I was really impressed last night. He's, yeah. He got he got a call up, didn't he? Uh, for if didn't he for the the internet for the Argentinian? Yeah, and that, that has yeah. to help and a player. Without even playing a Premier League game, so if if he'd have got a game, he would have played more international games than he would have Premier League games, which just sounds <laughs> ridiculous, isn't it? But it's obviously a testament to how good he is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he is very very highly regarded. I mean, he, he's played at Argentina sort of youth level, different stages, and that's why you know Poc identified him and, and they brought him across. So uh, he he did give an interview. Uh, when he was away on that international thing saying obviously he needs games and he'll assess his options in January a lot of people have jumped on that and have kind of said oh you know that's that's quite bad if you actually take the actual what he said away from that headline is he talked to Pock about you know if, if there's no games coming maybe he could have a loan whereas everyone's jumped on the whole headline yeah. yeah he wants to leave where well, it's not what he said so it's always worth trying to find the articles for that. And the worst thing is he gives the um, gives the interview, obviously, in Argentina, and then people use Google Translate. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, well, he was talking about pigeons for an hour. I don't know what that... <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, but that, uh, 
Matt, so the West Ham game, I mean, obviously that was the League Cup. We, we've uh, beaten... Now, I, I hope this stat is correct. I'm going to say it anyway. But apparently we've now won more games at the London Stadium this season than West Ham have. <laughs> yeah, I heard that stat as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to rub that in or anything, but this is probably the bit of the audio I'm going to clip and then put on the Facebook page and repeat constantly. Because, because everybody knows... Um, the next thing I want to talk about, guys, is um, a massive discussion that I've seen a lot in amongst fans recently, and I'd love to get your perspective on it, because um, I have a kind of a, a jaundiced view when it comes to our academy. Uh, several years ago, when I was feeling pretty disillusioned when we had ABB as the manager, I started following the academy team more than I did the first team. Um, there, there are various reasons behind that, but, but I did. Um, and because of that, I, I've, I've carried on. Um, I go to games when I can. I've got to know a couple of people who invite me along to watch a few of the showcases as well. And I've just got quite interested in it. Now, one of the big discussion points I've, I've heard recently is that people are saying that Pochettino doesn't rate the youth players at Tottenham. Now, the reputation, obviously, he has... Well, from the start, or the perception that people have, is that hockey's great for youth players. So, um, Matt, you first, my friend. What what do you think about Pock and the young players at Tottenham? Or what is your perception of him and the young players? Yeah, well, my, my perception is that he's he's more of a coach, isn't he, than a than a manager. And I, I, you know, you see, Skip got a few minutes, didn't he? Um, you know, he's been highly highly regarded. He, he put him on the bench and he came on to that eighty third minute. It's difficult, isn't it? Because, you know, you've got so much pressure to win games in the Premier League that you can't just, you know, you can't blood these, these players every every game. You've got to rely on seasoned players at some point, haven't you? But yeah. I, my, my perception is that he's got no problem with, with bringing players through. And it, he's like, you know, look, look we, we talked earlier about the, the net spend, didn't we? You know, and how much yeah. Man City has spent. And yet here we are, like, still floating around the top four. It's because of his coaching, because of the way he's developed players. And yeah. no, I don't, I don't, I don't. I mean, I don't know where the source is or how much truth is in it. But for me, I don't think he's that kind of manager. I think he he, he concentrates a lot on his, you know, on developing players and bringing them from from the, you know, from the. Okay. Um, no, what do what do you think? What's yeah, I I, I, would, I would agree. Really, I mean, you only got to look at sort of the development of of Winks and you know how he's he's really really you know, improved him as a player and, and given yeah. him that, that push forward and, and, and hopefully it's, it's going to be the same with with England. Uh, I think he really rates him. Um, I think he thinks he's a, a, a replacement for Dembele and I, I think that transition will probably happen this season. Um, and um, and also, you know, he, he threw Deli Alli in. I know obviously Deli Alli wasn't an academy player of ours, but he threw Deli Alli in when he was 19. I, think, I don't think he has a problem with youth at all. I, I think he... No. He he's just basically of the of the thinking that if you're if you're ready then you're ready and if you're you're, you're good enough then then obviously you know you can you can go and I also don't think he love he likes to I mean he has obviously um Josh Onamra has, has gone on loan a few times but yeah. he doesn't seem to if he if he actually likes a player and he's he's considering them for the first team I don't think he really likes them to go on loan he would prefer them no. to stay with our academy or stay close to our first team our, our under 23s so he can have a closer look at them and he can have a closer um effect on their development which I think is quite yeah. good because then he obviously he's going to hopefully then mold a kind of player that he 
would like in his team as opposed to maybe if he went off and you know uh, another championship manager would then have him for a year or something yeah no no yeah you're right sorry Mike. i was going to i was going to say as well it just shows that he tr- uh, Potch trusts his technique as well he he, he trusts like he'd rather like like you say no he'd rather have a player with him because he's trusting his his coaching techniques more than you know the the, the manager or the coach that the player could potentially be playing for and no yeah well, the the counter argument, if you like, just just so I can put it forward, just so we can be balanced, is that in many games and also in the signing of certain players ahead of our academy, would show uh, uh, not a disregard, but would not show that a player or a manager, sorry, who's ready to play youth or give youth a chance. Uh, one example was the signing of Serge Aurier when we sold Carl Walker. Uh, Carl Walker-Peters really at that time was ready for first-team football and ready to, to move forward. He wanted to go on loan. Pock said, no, I want you to stay. We sold Walker. Um, really, in that time, uh, has Serge Aurier, especially in his first season, showed anything that Carl Walker-Peters wouldn't have shown? Unfortunately, we got to see Carl twice last season. So, you know, man of the match both games, ironically. But, right, at the um, end, right at the end as well, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so it's kind of a difficult question to answer. You know, would he have done better? But I think it's safe to say, would he have done worse? Probably not. You know, and it could have been because he's younger, homegrown. Would he have come through? Um, the, the other argument as well is like, so for last night, for example, we did have three very talented young players on the bench. Uh, Marsh, Ioma, and obviously Skip, who I rate very highly. And yet he also used uh, Nkudu. Where where was the benefit in bringing Nkudu on when you could have brought on one of the younger players and given them minutes and experience? So that's kind of where the counter-argument is. Now, people are kind of saying, well, if you look at his record with youth at Tottenham, there's a lot of players who have left because they're completely disillusioned of never being able to make it to the first team. Uh, Josh Onema and Cameron Carter-Vickers are both on loan currently because they wanted first-team football and felt they needed it. Polk wanted them to stay, you know, like uh, Noel was just saying. He would rather players stay close he signed them both up to new deals because he rates them both, but he kind of had to concede, yeah, you're probably not going to get a lot of minutes, so off they went. Uh, Marcus Edwards is now currently in Holland trying to basically start his career because of you know, one reason or another. He's not been able to get himself going at first-team level at all. And you've got this situation where when he first came in and he promoted all these youth players, it seems less about his desire to promote young players and more just the squad he had was tripe and he needed people who wanted to put effort in. So that that's kind of the counter-argument. That's kind of where people are coming from. Me personally, I I, I, I think he wants and he trusts in the players. And Harry Winks, like Nolgo, is just the best example I remember last season him bringing Winks on like against Real Madrid and stuff like that, and it's like, go on, Winks, he go out there and close the game out for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, so putting that faith and that confidence into that young man, yeah, I mean, uh, any other, a lot of other managers wouldn't do that. Now, if he had a 500 million budget to spend this summer, would he go out and sign recognised players and the youth players go out on loan? Mm, possibly. <laughs> but then again, I think that could be said for a lot of managers. If you look at some of the absolute fantastic young players who are in the Manchester City Academy who are 
nowhere near their first team. And some of the players at the Chelsea Player Farm, as I like to call it, who are just <laughs> phenomenal young footballers. You know, look, uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek's a great example. He is pushing around their first team. And yet, if they were to name their strongest 11, he probably wouldn't make it in there. And yet, the guy scored a hat-trick the other day, played very well last night. So, yeah, it, it seems to be more of a symptom across football because you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Uh, Pock names a young player and he doesn't do very well. Fans just get on him straight away. Uh, you know, you were talking about the abuse Sissoko suffered the last few years. He's, he's shown such a strong character to come through that. A young player, 18, 19, that could end their career. You know, just the sheer level of abuse. Yeah, I don't, I don't think um, the fans would be as critical of a youth player that they hadn't spent thirty million on, and and a, a very inflated thirty million on on deadline day. I think that was that's one of the reasons why we 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 sort of look upon him and we we don't. And he's not a thirty million pound player, so you know no, it's frustration more than anything else. I think with him, and obviously he he's he's performing a lot better now. I think just uh, to touch on your previous point, I think I think with the Nkudu situation, I think it's important for Nkudu. Uh, I think you know he needs to have first team action if he's going to be in the squad. If we if he's going to be relied upon later on in the season I think it was important for him to to get a bit of game time uh, I think obviously he's also a little bit more attacking than Skip so probably maybe that was why he was he was going to come on if they were going to go for that attacking um, role but I think um, I, I really like Skip but he's, he's he's still very young I think he's only just turned 18 or is he yeah, he's just, just, uh, just 18 so you know he's he's very much early stages and and he will just be benefiting from being in and around the first team he yeah, will be learning every okay. day in training so he doesn't need to have loads of match time in order to to improve he just needs to basically stay fit and and, uh, and learn basically so I, I for me i think you know the walker peter situation i i have found annoying because you know like you said when the two times he has played for us he's He's looked great, and and Sergio Aurier hasn't always looked great, and so no. I don't I don't think it was a case of not buying Aurier. I think we did need to get a replacement for 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 Walker, but um, I would have definitely liked um, to see more rotation with Walker Peters than 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 we saw last season. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, he's he's kept him around because he can cover left back as well. So you know, we look at Danny Rose's injury record. Uh, ben Davis, you know, tried. Uh, ben Davis played too many games last year, really, at times, and so he's kept KWP in the side just just so he can cover both right and left. Uh, I mean, I was quite surprised last night. I read that Carl actually played right back and Aurier played left back. Mm, yeah, he so did. That, that was quite a surprise. Uh, I mean, I know Carl's definitely more settled on the right, so. But yeah, now that did surprise me. But yeah, so I mean, that's that's a debate that's going to carry on raging and. It's a debate. I, I just feel like Pock can never win, really, because if he plays a youth player and he doesn't do very well, everyone goes mental because we're knocked out of the League Cup. And if he doesn't, people are being critical because he's not promoting our youth. So it's it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. And it's one of those things as well, Sam, isn't it, nowadays, that you know managers get, what, 10 games, and if things go wrong, then they're, yeah. off, they're off, aren't they? So yeah. they, it's, it's always kind of, they're under pressure, aren't they, to play the more seasoned players? Because, you know, if they don't, and like say the results don't go their way, that's, they're off, aren't they? And yep. I, I think Poch has probably, because he's been with us for, you know, and we know what he's done, he's probably got more than 10 games, but still in the back of his mind, you know, he, he needs to be winning more than he, he loses, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so it's that time now. 
Um, Matt, are, are you ready? Do you have some stats lined up? If you're aware of this, but um, Matt does a feature on the podcast every week called Matt's Stats. He has a cult following. <laughs> I, I dropped it last week because of the sheer amount of stuff we had to talk through, and I got abuse. So, uh, <laughs> returning this week, without any further ado, it is Matt's Stats. And now it's time for Matt's Stats on the Spurs News Podcast. Right, mate. Well, Matt's Stats are back, but I think I might get some abuse from the stats that I'm going to bring you. So, yesterday, obviously, we we, uh, we smashed the hammers and we've got uh, Arsenal in the, in the next round. So, I thought I'd just have a look at our kind of recent history against Arsenal. And yep. uh, it wasn't pleasant reading, to be honest. <laughs> See, now people are going to be happy I dropped Matt. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like this. Go on, so, man. Bring it on. So, including the, the, and I will include this to kind of cheer up to start with. So, including the semi final, the, uh, uh, I know you, you mentioned it, and you know, the Gaza semi final mm. in 91. Yep. Uh, in the League Cup since then, uh, we've won one, drawn two, obviously, because we've been in a couple of semi-finals with them and lost three. And the FA Cup, well, is that one win in the 91 uh, and we've lost the next three since. So our record against them in the Cup isn't great, really. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I kind of, I, I feel positive about the game. I, I feel like, you know, obviously the, the results we've had and where, where we've lost the games in the Cups, they've always been the better team, you know, they by far. But now, yeah. now I, I go into a North London derby, feeling like the you know we're going to win the game. I don't. The, the thing is, I look at Arsenal right now, uh, and no, please chip in as soon as I'm done. I mean, I look at them right now, and I think, okay, they've got a new manager there. They look slightly more organised this season. They look frightening in attack at times. You know, I think Aubameyang's a great player. I'm gutted he went there. Um, that Lacazette is pacey, which, you know, whether he's on form or not, a well-back just seems to score goals. And Meza Ozil, you know, his eyes might be offside, but occasionally <laughs> he's quite good. Um, but defensively, I look at them and I think teams should be ripping them apart. And I'm I'm waiting for them to run into a, a real stern test. I, I think they played, I, I think it's Arsenal-Liverpool or Chelsea this Liverpool, week. Liverpool, yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, so... Hopefully they'll destroy uh, him. Well, well, I'm interested to see it because, you know, Liverpool, similar to Man City, they've just got goals from everywhere. And I, I look at Arsenal, and I could be wrong, but I look at them and I think, yeah, they might score some, but I, if you go after them and you, you know, cut them off at source, they look infinitely beatable to me. I know they've just gone on this great run, but I, I don't really consider that they've been really tested yet. I don't know. Noel, what do you think? I completely agree. I completely agree. I think, um, yeah, there's been improvement from last year. They look more organised. I think Genduzzi looks like a decent player. I think Torio looks like a decent player. Um, and, you know, they are looking a threat. But they, they've always been, uh, you know, a, an attacking threat. But they're, they're, yeah. their Achilles heel has always been at the back. And that, that for me, hasn't 
hasn't changed you know they still look shaky you know they have gone on this run but if you look at the goals they've conceded on that run they've yeah. conceded in most games they conceded against uh, again last night um they can, and they're just they're, they're open really to be honest and i think yeah. i don't think we should have anything to fear you know i'm assuming that the the pot will make some changes as well and i'm sure i'm sure um ma will make some changes so it will be a battle of the, the b teams and you know i think our b team is is better than theirs and i yeah. think we should um we should yeah it should be a good game i can't wait to go down there well, um, I mean, genuine question now. I think I looked up last night that the games sit sandwiched between or the, the week is, is two Premier League games. Um, and I'm pretty sure one of them is Everton. Away at Everton, um, yeah. Yeah, one's away at Everton. And I want to say the other one's Burnley, but I could I could be wrong on that. But... Burnley's on the 15th, I believe. And then uh, the... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, the, so, the, so the Barcelona match is the way on the eleventh, so it's it's a crazy, crazy few weeks that week. Uh, always, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just insane our fixtures now. But I mean, would you guys? Uh, no, you just said then you'd expect changes. If you were Pock, would you go as full strength as you could to try and progress in a cup, or do you agree with his policy of winning the League Cup isn't really going to change our world much? So let's keep our focus elsewhere. I think it's a hard one. It is a very, very hard one. Um, but I think that he has never really committed to the League Cup. It's never been something no. that he's done. And I quite like that in the fact that, you know, it does give opportunities to players that aren't necessarily in the first team that much. The opportunity to get a bit more experience, a bit more game time. And then if they are called upon, they're not just like rabbit in the headlights. You know, they're, they're sort of, yeah. they're used to the team. They're used to the dynamic around it. Um, and so I, I, and that seems to be the case with pretty much all of the big teams, you know, and maybe yeah. that will change if we got to a final. But, you know, you look at the, the Chelsea team last and the Arsenal team last night, it was it was the similar the similar situation. I know, obviously, they were playing championship sides, um, yeah. but it was I, I think it would be the same if they were playing each other. Um, so, I, yeah, I no, think I think it's, it's it just seems to be the way it just seems to be the way. And, you know, um and we have got a crazy amount of fixtures, as we said that time. You know, we've got the week before we go to Barcelona, which could be a dead rubber, could be, you know, we could still be in it. We we could be fighting for fourth place. You never know what's going well, to happen when, in the when, Champions when League. we win that fixture, we could still win the group, of course. So, yeah. he says laughing. <laughs> um, Matt, what about you? Same question. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you, mate. I think, I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, OK. Um... Well, we'll look at that. I mean, that's the Arsenal game. That's the League Cup quarterfinal. That's a little way off. Once the fixture is confirmed, we'll post that out on the Facebook page for everybody. Um, coming up, obviously, a lot sooner, we've now got Wolves. Um, Wolves, so far this season, have actually been pretty impressive. Now, I've only I've only caught them live twice, but I've kept an eye on a few of their results. And when I've watched them, I've, I've been quite impressed, not just with their sort of attacking play in general football, but just how organised they are. Um, and, it, and it kind of feels a little bit like when I watched Pochettino at Southampton before he joined us. Just you look at them, you don't really know the names of the players, or at least not at that time, but all of them just know their job. They know what they're doing. They look organised as all hell on the pitch and they just go from minute one to the last minute. So the Wolves, I mean, it's certainly not going to be an easy game. Uh, what, do you, what do you guys say? I mean, Matt, what do you think looking ahead the Wolves? Yeah, it... I mean, it's one of those ones, isn't it? On paper, we've got the better squad, haven't we? We, we should win the game comfortably. But, it, you know, we're, we're away. Uh, I always 
I always worry when we play teams away in an evening kickoff because obviously the atmosphere is going to be a lot yeah. better for the home team. Yeah. But it's one of them games that I think we should comfortably win. I mean, they, really? They, 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 yeah, I, I do think so. They, they've been they've been playing well, haven't they? But they they haven't been scoring many goals, have they? I mean, they're, no. they're obviously very tight defensively, but. If we score, and I can, like, you know, with Sonny now back in the goals, you know, if Sonny scores a goal in the first 10 minutes and I, I can't see them, I can't see them coming back from that. I can see us winning a nice, comfortable two or three nil. I, I okay. g- genuinely think that, uh, like I say, it's, it, they're, they're playing well, but at the same time, there's still a team that have come up from the championship and yeah. it, it, it's, it's one of those games, isn't it? We just, it, it just, it depends on what, you know, how much they're up for it, but like I say, on paper, it should be a, it should be a I game mean, we should comfortably I win. I mean, Man City came away from there with a point. But, okay. No, I love your positivity, <laughs> mate. I, I'm, I'm all on board the Matt hype train. Yeah, I don't... It's a tough one for me. I think they are, they are, I, I can, they are playing really, really well this season. They've had a bit of a dip in form. We had... Um, we had we spoke to a, um, an opposition um, fan um, on our podcast earlier on in the week, Dave from a, a show called Talking Wolves, and he was saying that their 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 problem has been goals recently um, in terms of the fact they are quite tight at the back until well, I put we'll until until, until I put my until I put their keeper and um, a defender in my fantasy league team and they conceded too, so you know <laughs> absolute joy. Um, so I think um, yeah, it's it, it's just a weird one, really. It's, you just don't, when you when you go away from home, you just you just don't really know what what to expect. Like like Matt said, on paper we should have enough. Um, Kane should be back with a little bit of a rest. Um, Ali looks like he was kicking onto a bit of form now, and um, Mora for me still needs to have a bit more of an end product. And I'm hoping the fact that now Ericsson, Lamella, um, Ali and Son are all vying for those three positions behind Kane, then that basically means that those guys have to perform and if they don't yeah. they can, they're going to be benched and that that that's great to have you know that's what that's what that's what man city have got that's what other teams have got you know if you don't perform you're not going to make the team yeah. and so you know i think every game those three players have to be looking to get a goal or an assist that's what that's the way i would look at it almost like you're putting them in your fantasy league team it's like yeah. get me some points or else i'm going to bench you and that's a great position, I think. So, yeah, I, I think I think I'm looking forward to the game, and uh, I'm not going to make the game. I think I'm probably not going to make it, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Okay, brilliant. Um, right, so it's now that time, which is always deadly, which is where we go to our Facebook page and we go through the comments and the questions from them. Now, some of these could be quite good. Some of them. You just want to hit your head against a brick wall sometimes, but they tend to listen, so I have to be polite. So here we go. Here's the messages from our Facebook page. And now it's time for your comments directly from our Facebook page. Now, we're going to start with one that was actually sent in to us as a, uh, a question, which was a message, not a comment. It says, hi, guys, Opal as well. That's a very polite start. Um, I'd like to discuss Lucas. Now, no, I'm going to pass this to you because you just mentioned him, so I'd love to know your thought on this. He says, I think Lucas is a great player, but I wonder if he's actually brought a touch of ruin to the consistent attacking equilibrium that we've had. <laughs> okay, this question's from Stephen Peace, who's clearly swallowed a thesaurus this morning <laughs> a beautiful way of putting that 
Um, we've had over the last few years in our style of play, I sort of liken it to when Tino Esprilia went to Newcastle. He was a phenomenal player, but it just stifled Newcastle's usual fluidity. Um, yeah, what do you think? I mean, I, I love the way Stevens put that, by the way. But it's, yeah, no, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a lyricist. Um, yeah. I would say that, um, a wordsmith, he would... Um, I think it's a difficult one because obviously... When you play with one up top, as we do with Kane, then um, it's good to have runners around him and it's good to have people that are laying balls into him. And that's not really what Mora does. Mora is a bit of a runner himself. And so he does go on these mazy little jinking runs. They don't always have an end product. They don't always result in a shot. Um, but he does take players with him. And so he does create yeah. space. So it's, it's, it's a tough one. It, it, it's, it, it, I, I would agree with him in, in that it's changed the, I wouldn't necessarily call it an equity. I would just say, I would say it's changed the style of play that we have because he does offer something different. And then I suppose he takes something away from the way that we have played before. But I, I think he, I think he just needs to get a little bit stronger himself I think he's he's brushed off the ball far too easily Um, I think he's getting better at that but I think that he needs to just be that little bit smarter and that little bit quicker because you just don't have that time in the Premier League that you have in the other um, foreign leagues and so I think that will that will come over time and like I said I think having those other guys now putting pressure on his place will mean that he has to step up and and maybe play a little bit to the left, a little bit deeper, because when he was first starting at the beginning of the season, he was pretty much playing up front with Kane, which he was, was yeah. which was a, a, an interesting one for him. So, um, but I think a great player, great player, um, you know, lots of technical ability, and he's he he Potch will, Potch will mould him as to to what he needs to be. So I, I'm not I'm not worried. I'm confident that that's what's happening as well because in last season he arrived, he wasn't fit, and when he was fit, he wasn't to the level of fitness that Potts expects. He he then over the summer worked with him to to try and utilise him, and clearly the lad's got a good work ethic because you know Fox kept him around uh, and he's playing him because those who don't you soon realise because they're bombed out of the first team squad. Look at Nkudu, uh, nice lad, good on social media. But yeah, clearly not put the same work effort in that Bob expects. Um, Matt, just for you on that point, I mean, do you agree? Yeah, with um, it's funny because you, yeah, you were saying about him. Uh, I remember the Man United game uh, when he scored a couple of goals. They were actually talking, weren't they, about him, him and Kane having a strike partnership. So it was almost yeah. like they were two strikers. But he, he's not. He's, he's not a striker. No. But he, he kind of like he's got. He does a similar thing to Lamella, doesn't he? Where you know he's, he kind of makes the runs and. Don't, like I say, don't always come off. But I, I like, yeah. I personally like seeing that because they're not going to come off every time, aren't they? Are they? But no. when they do, obviously it, it creates an opening. So if if he likes that, if he's that got, if you know, obviously that is that's his style of play. And like Noel said, like if, if Potts can kind of mould him, then it, you know, he's, I think he'll only get better and yeah. you know fit, in, fit into the fit into the, the first eleven. You know, like put the, the the guy that's made the comments probably right. It has disrupted it a bit, but. Hopefully they'll kind of, you know, it'll work. Yeah, well, well, I think it's, it's certainly. I mean, you can kind of write off last season because he didn't really get games. But yeah, he did get a preseason, didn't he? It, it takes uh, it takes a certain level of getting used to each other and getting used to style of play. I think once we establish, you know, we know he's going to go on these mazy runs. 
happens. And players in our squad are more used to that. Like, okay, he's off. And we then find the space. Mm. And he needs to then, like an end product, uh, Noel alluded to it, he's being a little bit frustrating at the moment because you can see Kane finds that space being created by him going on these runs, but he's not picking him out. If that improves, then all of a sudden we've got a real potent weapon with him there. And it's kind of the reason why I've been saying we needed to sign Zaha for so long. Um, because we didn't have that player with the ability to beat people and draw players away and give Kane, Delhi, Ericsson space to move into. And we do have that now. I just, you know, him just finding his feet. And like Noel said, the Premier League's a very different league compared to other, especially in France. Yeah, it's the pace, isn't it? That's the, that's the thing yeah. that always shocks them. They always, every player that comes here from other leagues always say the same thing, don't they? That they're, yeah. they're just completely blown away by the pace. Yeah, and, and you know, and defenders tend to be allowed to kick lumps out of here more. <laughs> Not as much as you used to be able to, but certainly a bit. Uh, okay, so the first comment from the page is from a gentleman called Matt Hope. Uh, Matt says this isn't really a question, but more some observations. Firstly, thanks for the show. It's a fantastic listen. Oh, Matt, well done. You're my new hero. Um, <laughs> a fantastic listen on so many levels. Uh, more often than not, you're right. What do you mean more often than not? I'm always right, you cheeky sod. Um, right, secondly, Sissoko, a massive shout out to the guy for the City game. Hopefully this could be a stepping stone for him. Uh, you have lots of what can make a great play. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think he yeah. did do well and he does deserve... We're all very quick to shake our heads. Um, so, yeah. Um, he does also mention Gazaniga from the West Ham game. We didn't mention him, but by all accounts, he had another very good game for us. Yeah, brought us some good saves, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah he played okay. Good man. Okay, now Simon Whiteman from the page says, Foyf was magnificent against the Spammers. <laughs> Should he be getting more minutes in the league? What do you guys think? Foyf for a league appearance over Toby, over Sanchez? I think that's the problem, isn't it, Sam? You know, the, the, the defenders we've got, are, they're, they're seasoned defenders, aren't they? And, yeah. you know, he's not, not taking any away from, anything away from Foyf because he's obviously shown last, last night that how good he is, but... It's for him. It's always going to be his lack of experience. You know, if you look at, if you're going to make a straight choice between him or Toby or Sanchez or Vatonga, he's yeah. not. He's not going to be. You know, he's not going to be chosen above them. Unfortunately, given given that Sanchez has just played those two games in quick succession, perhaps we could see him start with Toby against Wolves. Maybe. For me, I mean, if 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 Sanchez is, is tired, then for, you know, look at it. But if he's not, then. For, it needs to be Sanchez and Toby yeah. for me. Okay, and what do you think, now? I think, yeah, I think he's, he's he is still down the pecking order, but he can only do what he's doing, which is come on and perform, and 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 he he certainly did that. So I think he's I think he's definitely in the right position. Um, I I doubt that he will get much more lead time. But saying that, you know, Sanchez isn't that much older than him. You know, he's obviously no, had more no, experience yeah, in point. the Dutch league, but he's he's not that much older than him. So you know, he's this is and. One more injury to Teresa at them, and then he will he will have that opportunity. So, um, and also when um they may even think about going to a back three, um, True. and yeah. then he could easily slot into a back three, and that might solidify Sanchez as well. Um, so yeah. who knows? I think yeah. what's quite interesting as well is normally uh, last season. So if we had two of those three injured, uh, Potch would go for Dyer, wouldn't he, as a centre back? But yeah, well, I, Dyer I, was injured last not, night. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, even like say for example, you've got the option of Dyer or Thoyf. I think the way that Dyer's not playing particularly well, is he this season? Right. Uh, I, I think Potch p- would possibly think 
he should have died as a centre back if we. Well, had I think he gave him the. I think he gave him that opportunity last night, and by all accounts, he's taken it with both hands. So it'd be interesting to see where that goes. Now, uh, the next comment on here is from Adam Sasson. Now, Adam just wants to make the point about how pleasing it was to see so many of the youth players in the squad last night. Uh, he talks about um, how it's generally having their energy and passion around the team. Seemed you could really tell that drove everybody on. He says even my missus enjoyed the game, and she normally <laughs> has a bath. <laughs> so, thanks, Adam. Uh, oh, okay. Stefan, so, what did she? No, uh, she is she? She's, she's not, she hasn't cleaned herself. Then is that what we're saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, so well. basically, she's not had a bath last night. That is that is sad <laughs> times. But if that's that. what it takes for us to win, then I'm happy for him to have a dirty girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> It's been, it's been said now. Uh, Stefan Cruz Alvarez says, can Pop ever win? Question mark. People are always complaining. Players look tired. Last night you made some changes and he got slated on social media. We then win it 3-1 and people are debating whether Gazaniga should start over Hugo. Um, I feel sorry for him. Again, not really a question, but yeah, we've kind of discussed the no-win scenario of the manager. Um I, I don't know. I mean, I, I did see the reaction to our team selection last night, and I always remember something Pog said in a press conference once, and it's so true. Uh, we'd lost a game, and he'd rested some players, and he said, if we'd won the game, I'd be a genius. And, and he's right. You know, he, he picks the team, he sends them out there. If the players don't hit the level that they should, he's the one who carries the can, obviously. But at the same time, if they had won, you know, everyone's like, oh, well done, you're brilliant. If they lose, oh, you suck. So, it, yeah, I thought it was no, a I thought it was a great selection last night. The only change I yeah. would have potentially done is maybe Toby for for Sanchez just for a bit more experience at the back. But but I yeah, thought I it was I thought it was perfect. And I, we did a poll on our um, Facebook page of do you think Lorente should start? And I, I think it was about six hundred and fifty people voted, and it was about sixty two percent people actually did say that they thought Lorente should start. So. They were behind him uh, in that decision, and and I completely agree. You know that's why he's in the squad. Kane obviously needs a rest. We know that, and so it's a uh, it was a good opportunity for him to play. I thought he had a good game. He was involved in the first goal as well. Um, yeah. His hold up play is decent. Um, again, like any of them, you know, game time is important, and so it's hard for them to come in and just do this little sort of like cameo role. So to get to get ninety yeah. minutes, or, or or I think it was actually just he went off just after he scored. So yeah. about. 77 minutes or whatever it well, was. It, it, it's a massive help to the squad that they're getting those minutes. You're right. Absolutely. Um, Robin Powell has said, I've got so many things. Given all the woes we're having, would you look at the three-game miniseries since the international break and think we are building quite well? Uh, would a big win on Saturday night against Wolves help us get into the title title race again? Should we rest Harry and play Sonny on Saturday? Okay, there's several questions in here, right? So let's break them down. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take it in turns, Matt. I'm gonna send the first one your way, and I think I already know the answer to this. But do you think we're kind of back on track in building back to some sort of form? Yeah, I do. We, we said last week, didn't we, on the podcast that this could have been a really dreadful one, couldn't it? And yep. I know obviously we lost the Man City game. But in, we wasn't embarrassed, and obviously we won last night as well. So I, I do, I do, I, I feel a bit more positive. I feel more positive now than I did last week. Okay. Uh, no, the next one here, he says, uh, do you think if we manage to beat Wolves, we're back in the title race? Um, I think I wouldn't necessarily say we're back in the title race as such, but we're definitely going to be up there. Um, yeah. for me, I I think Man City are probably going to 
run away with it again, not as much as last season, but I think they will. And I think Liverpool won't be too far behind. Um, and then it pains me to say it, but I think Chelsea are looking more solid than I thought. Um, I'm just hoping for Hazard's leg to fall off or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I think we're sort of we're almost in a battle for fourth or potentially third. But I think I think yeah, Liverpool and Man City are going to be clear. But then you know you never know. We haven't hit our purple patch now, and we're still up there. So you know I'm I'm, I'm totally not ruling it out. But I, you okay. know I think at the end of the day, it's like I said before, you we need to start we need to start stop making these mistakes. You know, and as as, yeah. as soon as we do. And then we, you know, hit a bit of form. Then, then possibly, but it's, you know, it's it's so it's, it's just so damaging to 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 give away goals like that in big games, and and yeah. you don't see that from from Liverpool and Man City or Chelsea at the moment. So, I think no, that's the key for right. that's the you, key for me. Really force, you know, you've got to really create something to get a goal against those sides. Whereas we seem to be like, here you go, have, have one, and we'll. we'll try Which is not away. like we were like two seasons no. ago. You know, we would had the best defensive record in the league, and so it might be Vertonghen missing. You never know. Yeah. Super Yan. Um, the next question he asks is: Should we rest Harry for Son on Saturday? Uh, the answer from me on that is absolutely not. Harry's fit. Harry plays. Um, and has that rule now made the League Cup a priority? I, I don't think the League Cup will ever be a priority for Pock. I think we made the final one season, and even when we were in the final and we lost it, he didn't look that bothered. Um, I, I think in his mind, winning the League Cup is a great thing for the fans, which it would be because it's a cup victory, but generally he knows there's no financial benefit to the club for winning the League Cup. He also knows that there's no big kudos for winning the League Cup. I mean, he says the same about the FA Cup. I find that more difficult because of my natural affection for the FA Cup, but I do understand his point. Um, the next question on is Mark Grogan. Mark Grogan says, how do we improve the atmosphere at Wembley? Mark, I'll answer this one. We don't. We go home. <laughs> there is no improving it there. He, he's, he's, he reckons free drinks for season ticket holders. Mark, yes. yes. Okay, that would help. Love okay, that man. <laughs> Mark's on to something. Um, the next question on here is from Absar Sheik. I hope I've said that right, my friend. Uh, Fourth should be getting more games, um, and I believe Gazaniga should possibly push Hugo. Um, I, similar to Harry Kane, I am of the belief that if Hugo's fit, Hugo starts. I know he's had made mistakes recently, but goalkeepers unfortunately are crucified they make a mistake a striker makes mistakes constantly but we still love them so I, I'm backing him at the moment uh, Foy I yeah I'd like to see him get a few more minutes I'd certainly like to see him making the bench and, and possibly even right especially whilst Jan's injured uh, what about you Noel do you, do you agree? Um, yep yeah, I agree I think um, for me Hugo's Yes, he is making mistakes, but for me, his it's not just mistakes; it's decision making, and it's slightly different from a striker missing a chance. I think he's he's costing us um, through his lack of judgment, which I think is is not something which which um, we sh we should be happy about, obviously. But I think it's we you need to give him the benefit of doubt. But if it continues, if he does much more in the next month or so, yeah. then I think. Gaz has got to be knocking on the door because you know oh, there's course, just yeah. too there's too many too many. But like I said, it's not just him. It, you know, PSV it was Toby, and then Man City it was Trips. You know, there's they're all making mistakes. But but for me, that the way he ran out against PSV and the way 
he ran out against Barcelona was just like it was not yeah, it wasn't it wasn't considered it wasn't safe and it was just like you know you 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 rely on him to be your main sort of like you know backbone of that defense and if he's showing such just you know craziness it's it just it, it just then sort of just blends into the other team yeah, no, that's fair. Um, the next one is Stuart Dore says, in light of our heavy fixture list during November and December, should Pock start blooding a few more of the fringe players to help support the first team? I mean, he, he did do that last night, um, which, again, is going to be the benefit to all of us. I mean, Stuart's possibly asking this in, in terms of maybe the Wolves game as well, which, again, on mm. paper, like you said, Matt, we, we should be strong enough. I mean, what do you think, Matt? Would you consider a few players playing in the Wolves game, for example, just to rotate a bit more? Or do you think we got to try and be our strongest 11 no matter what? Yeah, with the Premier League, you've got to play your strongest 11, haven't you? You can't give any... I mean, like I say, Wolves are playing well. They've come up from the Championship, but they're still playing well. But you've, you still have to give them the respect, don't you, to play your strongest squad? Because yeah. you end up, you just end up with egg on your face otherwise. So yeah, I, with the with the with hopefully you know we can go a bit further in the in the league cup and you can rotate a little bit then. But for for me, put maybe put some on the bench, but always go for the strongest eleven, especially what, in the um, league. Uh, no, I'll put this to you. The, the stewards not asked this, but it's me just taking it a step further. Pock seemed quite resigned almost that our Champions League campaign was over. Now we we played. We got our kind of our home section coming up now. Um, we played PSV. Do you think that maybe you'll rotate that kind of accepting is done, or do you think you'll go out to try and win that game? I think you'll definitely go out to win the game. Um, yeah. I'm, I, I think there probably will be a little bit of rotation, but you know the team that he put out last night, I thought was a very very good team, and it was ten yeah. changes from the City game. You know, and few people would say you know previously that 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 um, starting Winks over Sissoko or you know Wanyama over Dembele or Dyer, you know that would have been people's first choice, and and obviously still the same with Ali. Um, yeah. And Son and Ericsson. So you know, I think I think you know people go on about the lack of transfers, but you know, uh, our second team actually isn't that bad. And so you know, I think I'd be I'd be happy with a bit of change. I don't I don't think it's a risk playing um, uh, an Aurier or instead of a Trippier or, or Walker Peters or you know or a Foyth or whoever yeah. it may be. You know, I don't. We've we've got we've got strength in depth in quite a lot of positions now. So for me, it's not it's not a massive it's not a massive risk. Obviously, you know, it's, it would be good to have um, more quality, but I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm, I don't think there's not enough there. Put it that way. Well, well. Funnily enough, now we all like this. The last question on here is: Is our squad depth better than we all feared from the summer? <laughs> uh, so Lee, Liam Hickey just. I mean, I think you've just answered it. I yeah. mean, it's, the, the you actually looked at that side last night, and you're right. I mean, I looked at it and thought, actually, yeah, that's that's a side good enough to beat West Ham. And you know, despite them being who they are, they are still a Premier League team, and they did feel a very strong side. So. Um, yeah, no. Thanks for the question, Liam. I uh, think I mean, for I me, never... just just to interject, the only the only position I would say is is striker, and you know I think Lorente fair play did okay last night. Came on, got a goal, and was was involved in the first goal. But he's he's not the quality that we need. We need a better backup striker, and I don't believe Son or um, Lucas Moura are backup strikers. They can okay. play there. They can fill a void. But they're not the same, so you know that's the one position. And I would say left back as well. I know Walker Peters can play there, and Aurier yeah, did no. last night. 
But for me, Davies just seems to have lost a bit of form. And without Rose, we really miss that attacking impetus on the left-hand side. And so I think a left-back for me and um, a striker are, are the two positions that are the ones that are sort of we, we, we actually quite desperately need. Okay, I mean, we've debated it a, a number of times. The, the problem with the signing of a striker, of course, is whoever you sign knows they are second choice. We only typically play one striker. You know that if Kane's fit, Kane's going to start. So attracting a player, I mean, you know, you look at Lorente's CV, he's won everything in the game. It seemed an absolute no-brainer. You know, he scored goals in the Premier League with Swansea. Uh, it's just not because he's not playing every single week. It's very difficult. So to sign a striker who's going to be a step up from Lorente or quality wise, I, I think it's very difficult. Yeah, I think I think we uh, the difficulty is I think also we don't play to Lorente's strengths. We don't we don't we don't True. get down the wings. Yeah. We don't put crosses in, and that's that's what he thrives on. He's your typical old style English centre forward, which which doesn't really work with the way we play. We much sort of play no. sort of in, intricate sort of football around the sort of like the 18 yard yeah. box um and I think well I mean you look at Batshuayi when he went to Chelsea you know he's he was a young striker he and he, he, he knew that he knew that he won. wasn't going to start and he ended up not starting and obviously he's left but I think that and but Chelsea are worse than us in terms of giving players that opportunity oh, but I, I think I think we I think you'd be surprised I think he, I think they would even go two up top for quite a lot of games chasing games and and I think Kane would be rested if there was someone of the the twenty goal a season type who could come on and and change a game. So, I think. Okay. Well, I mean, I'd I'd, be, I'd, you know. yeah, I I really I I genuinely do believe it would be very difficult to sign that. But if you can find a player young enough and hungry enough, yeah. Um. Then yeah, I mean, Batshuayi when he went to Chelsea, he was someone I thought, oh, he would have been perfect because he could play as a second striker, or he could play in like the where the sun. You know where Sonny plays just yeah. off uh, with his pace. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do recruitment-wise with that because it's there's got it's to be got a, there's got to be a, a you know Tammy Abraham I know yeah. is obviously a Chelsea yeah. so he's not going to be but of that ilk I think you know like you say hungry and young the the guy at Forest I quite liked last season he looked pretty decent yeah uh, well there's a lot of them in the Championship definitely um, but I mean yeah guys I mean that's that's kind of all we got time for today, really. Um, massive thank you to joining us today, Noel. Really appreciate Pleasure. it. Um, Pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Hopefully we can continue our talent exchange and, and Matt can go your way again. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Matt, always a pleasure, my friend. Um, yeah, thanks, mate. Big thank you to everybody for listening. We are back next week. We're out. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. Until next time, be safe out there, (laughs) my little pretties. (laughs) Come on, Spurs.